Hallelujah. Actually, kind of want the music. Maybe bring it down just a little bit. Hallelujah. His love and his mercy follow us every single day of our life. It never runs out. There's a lot of things that runs out, but his love and his mercy never runs out. We will welcome you to Divine Generation this uh, afternoon. I hope that the Father have something important for you. He always does. Because one second in his, in his presence is always better than a whole lifetime we can spend out there in the world. So you being here today was meant to be, and the Father definitely has a has the best for you. We're just going to pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, for who you are. Yes, indeed, your love and your mercy, Father, never runs out. It never runs out, Father. In fact, Father God, it just keeps on running over. Overflow, Father, more than we can even handle. Father, we realize that there's nothing that can separate us, Father, from your love. Because, Father God, that was your plan. You choose us, Father. When we were, Father God, in the deepest, in the deep, Father God, of all things, of our iniquity, Father God, you went, Father God, and you pulled us, Father God. And you have lavished us, Father God, with your love. So we thank you, Father God, because you love us unconditionally. Holy Spirit, we give you permission in this moment to minister. Use me as a vessel for your children, Father, is yearning after you. So, Father, we ask that you bless everything that is getting ready to take place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good afternoon, Divine Generation. <laughs> it is awesome um, that uh, I choose that song, the second song we sing, um, intentionally, because uh, it talks about being still. And for those of you guys who actually listen to the lyrics quite often, it is one of those, I love it very much because it always talked about allowing the Father to do what he does best. And all you have to do is being still. Because, in fact, the Bible says, which one of you, by adding worries into your life, can make things move any faster? If anything, it might hold it down. <laughs> it might, you know. So, in that case, it's always better to remain still and allow him to do what he does best. So today, uh, we have, uh, we're going to be talking about faith. And uh, I was trying to make this message one, but there is so much information. Our pastor is giving me time. He's like, hey, look at your time. Okay. 
treated the uh, old school. Hey, look at your time. There we go. <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> you got to love him. <laughs> so um, today we're going to talk about, it's a two-part uh, two message. The whole overall is it's based on faith. But today we're going to base on, we're going to talk about faith and action. Faith and action. Because quite often, of course, we all know that... Uh, the Bible gives so many references about faith in action. Don't just believe that's the first part, but you also got to do the work behind it. But um, in our first verse for today, I don't want to go ahead of myself. It's going to be in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. It's one of my favorite verses. I love it. It says, I call heaven and earth. To witness today, to witness against you today, that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. But now he's giving us advice. But choose life. <laughs> choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. So he's telling us, he's giving us option. The Father always gives us option. And quite often I know that a lot of us, we don't like those options. Or we always say, why didn't he do such and such? Bring the music down just a little bit. Why didn't he do such and such? But he gave us option. He says, choose life. And not only he does that, and this is in Deuteronomy, so this is in the Old Testament which we could definitely utilize for today. He says, you know what? I set before you life. I'm giving you option. And not only he just did it, but he's actually, hey, you know what? He's calling on heaven. He's getting witness. <laughs> he find witness. He says, you know what? I'm, I call these people. And you're my, you're my witness of what I'm getting ready to do. And I, today, I give them the choice to choose life or death. And when the Bible talks about life, he's not talking about for today as children of God, we know what eternal life means. For the Bible talks about for those he predestined. So he's talking about life, eternal life. And the Bible also talks about our life is hidden in Christ. So for us... He's telling us to choose life, a life that is hidden in Christ. A life that we cannot buy with money. But we actually have to choose it. It's a life based on faith. When we come into the body of Christ, when we accept, we, we come into the relationship, it's a faith action. We accept Christ by faith. Amen. But this other verse, I want to bring it in that way can make more sense to where we're going. In Romans 8, verse 32, it says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for, all, for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? So he says, choose life. But then he also went 
And now he's talking about in Christ, everything that is within him. So if I didn't mind giving you guys Christ, my only son, how would I not give him all things? So when he's telling us to choose life, that choice is the, the, the choice that he's telling us to do, to make. It's not choosing, you know, it's not between a McDonald's and Chick-fil-A. <laughs> That's not the option he's putting before us. He's talking about life, eternal life, your destiny, your inheritance. Everything he has predestined you, you don't even know what that looks like. Whenever I read in, um, in Exodus, it talks about the things that, haven't, that have not even fathomed in your mind. Eyes haven't seen. Ears haven't heard. So when the Bible talks about choose me, the, fa- the father says choose me, he's telling you to choose everything that is in that name. In that relationship. So what today, I've come to realize that in everything we do in life, we have to make a choice. It always comes to an ultimate choice. And we can't be in the middle. That's one thing the Father talks about. He hates. You look warm. You're like, hey, you know what? Uh, if, if today works out, then maybe I'll work into this. Let me stand in the middle. If this company works, whichever one makes more sense makes more money, or it seems like it's working out, then I'll fall on that line. No, but today he's actually to actually make a choice. Because with that choice come everything else. With that choice, your life depends on it. When you choose him, your whole life depends on it. Because when you choose him, there's a whole other baggage. Good baggage. Blessings, your inheritance, everything. So it always comes to an end to a question of how bad do you want what the Father has for you? Because if He's telling you to choose life, most definitely there's, there has to be something that comes with it. Amen? So the question that I have for you today is how bad do you want your life? Because the Father is telling you today to choose life. He says, you know what? I call witness so that you can choose life, abundant life. The Bible talks about for those he foreknew, he predestined. A predestined life. He knows the end of all things. Your whole life, whatever you are seeking after, it's already in the Father's hand. But often we don't know what that looks like. Because the carnal mind, we only see what is right now. When we're looking at our situation, we only see the situation. We don't even look at about tomorrow. We don't even think about tomorrow. We get sick today, that's all. But we don't even think about, okay, you know what? The Father has a whole plan for my life. He has a whole plan. So my little sickness, surely that's not the end of it. That can't be the end of it. Me cannot pay my bill today. He's talking about life, eternal life, predestined life. That doesn't make sense with what he's saying. It just doesn't make sense. It can't make sense. So if eternal life is sickness and disease and all of that, 
then maybe I'm, you know, I can understand why some people may not want it. But when he talks about life, certain things, we do go through those things, but that's not the end goal. We go through headaches for a little bit of time because even Jesus went through hardship. In fact, the Bible says that he learned obedience through the things he went through. So, of course, we can go through this things, we can go through hardship in life, but that's not the end goal. So now the question is, how bad do you want your life? And if you want your life, how are you going to take it? If you want your life, if you want what the Father desires for you, you're predestined, whatever he has planned, however he saw you in Christ before the beginning of time, what does that look like? So he says you're going to have to take it. It's not going to be handed over to you. You're going to have to take it. Jesus gave us, an, gave us an example, and I love it. And on John 10, verse 17 and 18, he's talking about a man who actually took his life. He's like, you know what? I'm, let me read it because I love it so much. The reason why, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. So whatever you think you did, you didn't take it from me. I, okay, let me not go ahead of myself. But I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. And the beautiful part about that, about this, he says, this command I receive it. Not from no one, straight from my father. His father gave him authority to take his life and surrender it because he was on a mission. That's all it was. The only reason why he gave it away is because he was on a mission, and that mission, that's all he had to do. But other than that, no one could take that life, could, could take his life away from him. And often he talks about, hey, the only reason why you can do this is because my father gave you authority. Because other than that, I would have probably just called up an angels. <laughs> you, know, you know when you have friends, like I have my little brother, him and I, we walked in. He's, if I need any additional backup, you know what I mean about backup. <laughs> I'll call my little brother. <laughs> I'm like, you know what, I, can, I think I can handle this, but I might need some extra, you know, extra force. And that's pretty much what Jesus was saying. I gave it to you because other than that, I would have just, I could have easily called angels to back me up. And the Bible talks about one angel, what, tear down one, 10,000 men? In reality, he probably wouldn't even need to call an angel, maybe half an angel. <laughs> but there's no such thing. So the ultimate thing about this is understanding the purpose, the ultimate thing, like how much, how precious is your life? Because everything you are seeking after, 
It's part of your life. And one thing I, I want to make sure that you people understand, and I had to come to that understanding, is we're not after a life. We're not trying to create our life in the process. You're waking up every morning about your days. You're not creating your process. You're literally following the step towards your process. Hopefully, you are walking according to his purpose. Because when you wake up every morning, he's giving you daily instruction. He's giving you your life. And you, when you follow, the, follow those instructions, you right walk into your life. So you're not creating your life, or the Father's not creating your life, your purpose, your destiny as you go. That was already created before the beginning of time. And the only reason why you're alive is because you have a purpose. You, have, you are alive because the Father has an end goal for you. So be mindful when you're thinking about life, you're not creating it. You're not creating the, your, your daily, you're not creating that path. That path is already written. The book, the history about your life is already set. But the only way you can do that is by aligning with the Father's plan. By aligning your life with his ultimate plan. Wake up every morning, Father, what do you want me to do today? And I kid you not, I know for me, most of the time I would wake up in the morning, I used to. And I had to back up a little bit because the Father would call me. He would give me dreams. Okay, you are moving (laughs) in a whole different direction (laughs) from what I intended you to go. Because, believe it or not, you wake up in the morning, you have so many stuff to do. We all have busy schedule. Our family alone can take all of our time. School, work. Because imagine if you work for eight hours, by the time you get home, how many hours is in a day? 24. I mean, honestly, it's not really 24 because I always consider it 12. Because <laughs> the other half, is you're mostly sleeping. So if you work for eight hours, by the time you get home, that's it. So that's why it's important to really Seek the Father in regards to what you need to do. Because otherwise you'll be off track. You'll live your whole life. Your whole life will pass right before you. Doing things that had nothing to do with what he called you to do. He said choose life. When he says choose life, it's choose the instruction of everything that I have for you. You're not building it. It's already set before you. Just choose it. Just walk into it. But one thing we have to know is this life is a faith life. This is a faith life. Everything, the creation. There's a verse I have to skip to, but I love it very much. It's so important because I had, when I read this verse, I've read it a million times. Hebrew 11 verse 3. I'm going to go back again, but I just want to kind of print this out. It's so important how this whole life, often we think about, when we think about life, we just think about breathing and all these things. But in reality, every little puzzle, everything is part of life. Universe is part of life. Because in everything the Father did require faith. In Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, by faith... We understand that the the entire universe 
was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So he's talking even to begin life. To start with life was an act of faith. Make sense? To start life was an act of faith. To start the universe, it requires faith. I'm like, that's actually really dope. Like you read it, sometimes you read something, you're like, you, it didn't hit you until that moment. I'm like, to be, life begins with faith. It was an act of faith that you created everything that is in this life. And then from there, he continued. That being said, in order for us to have a life, if it started with faith, then it needs to maintain with faith and continue with faith. Amen? And what is faith? In Hebrew 11 verse 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The Amplified Version is actually very interesting. It says, now faith is the assurance. Parentheses, title deed, confirmation. <laughs> so he's saying, title deed, you have something. It's something you literally, buy. It's, the, it's an act of, I'm doing something. I don't even think, in reality, it's not even there. But I'm believing in it as if I had it already. It makes sense why the Bible says that the natural mind cannot comprehend things spiritual. Because to say that in the real world, they would think that you're crazy. They would think that you're crazy to believing or, you know what, it's like, it's like me walking around and saying that I have $10 million in my account. Oh, yeah, I have $10 million. I go to, the, you know, to a real estate agent. I'm like, you know, I'm trying to get a house for $5 million. That wouldn't be a good business move, but nevertheless, you know, <laughs> at least $1 million, let's say that. <laughs> That's half of your money. You wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> Some would do it, but I, I don't think I would do it. Let's say $1 million or half a K, you know, half a million. <laughs> I think my wife would go for, you know, $5 million. <laughs> you're walking around into this real estate or, or, or you're looking houses you're shopping around for houses that are one million dollars when in fact you only have probably I'm pushing it hundred thousand dollars in your account amen right yes you only have hundred thousand dollars in your account but you have the level of faith to know that, hey, you know what, because I believe it. But by the way, I want to tell you one thing. Certain things are good. But you also have to make sure, what is the father telling you? Is the father telling you to go for a $1 million house? That's also important, you know. But nevertheless, just based on the, you know, for the sake of faith. You pushing for one million and believing in the Father, you're pretty much putting a demand on the kingdom. Father, I'm expecting you, I'm believing in you to do that. Hopefully you can take care of it. <laughs> Hopefully you can pay the, you know, the, 
taxes. But I'm putting, you know, I'm putting the demand on you for that. And I already know I, the money's on my account. Where is it coming from? I don't know. But it's already there. That's the act of faith he's talking about. He's talking about now faith is the assurance. It's already, I'm, I'm, I already have it. Of things hoped for. Divinely guaranteed. That assurance is not based on human standard. It's divine. You have to be in accord with the Father. Because to pull that move, you're going to need to do, you're going to need some revelation. <laughs> you're going to need some spiritual, some background, some, some foundation. Hey, you know what? Me and the Father, we have a connection that whatever that I ask for, it will happen. And the evidence of things not seen. Conviction of their reality. I don't see it, but I already believe that it's already take place. Father, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know it's going to happen. Father, I've been praying for this. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you're going to make it happen. Because you said that everything that I need, you will supply all of my needs. But... And everything, again, you have to choose. And when you choose, you have to come with all the consequences that comes with that decision you make. If you're hoping the Father, if you're hoping, if you're believing to have a level of faith to move mountain, then you have, you're going to have to do moving mountain action. If you're believing the Father to have faith to heal, you're going to have to do healing action. If you're believing the Father to have a million dollars in your account just by praying, you're going to have to do the action that match that. Make sense? It has to make sense. What's that saying? Make it make sense? <laughs> it has to make sense. Because you can't pray for one, for five minutes and expecting the Father to do five hours <laughs> breakthrough. And it just doesn't make sense, you know, because even your, I know, like, I don't know how you guys think about this. I know for me, when I used to be in college or in school, if I don't spend enough time studying, when I have to take that test, you don't have to tell me. I, by myself, I already know that this test, if I pass it, it's really not me. The level of confidence that I have is just very down. I don't have any confidence because I know I didn't put the work in. You know, I can't expect, you know. Some, you know, I remember one time I, um, <laughs> I took a test. The teacher gave me 70. He's like, Kirby, you know what? You know, I, you know, I know you've been really, really good. I know you, but I gave you this. But the interesting thing is, he was like, and he kind of felt bad because he knew that I'm a really good student and all that kinds of stuff. For me, I'm like, actually, that's really good. Because <laughs> I didn't prepare myself. I actually thought I was going to get a 50. Because I only put in 50 work. So when you expect things, you're going to have to do an action that matches the level of faith you're expecting the Father to come out of, to appear for. Because honestly, you don't even have to try. Your mind will tell you you're not ready for that. Your subconscious will tell you, ah, 
like when the Bible talks about, you know, mustard seed to move mountain, it is very small indeed. But again, it still requires work. Because the Bible is very um, parabolic or a parable. When you say mustard seed, the mustard seed is a seed that is constantly growing. You put it in the ground, but it grows to, be, to become one of the largest trees. So when you say, you can start out with believing for $5. But if you continue with the same habit of the $5 habit, you're not going to get a million-dollar faith if, you're, if the habit of $5 remain. Amen? So we have to constantly grow with the level of faith, the level of movement, the level of breakthrough we hope in the Father. We believe in the Father for. So, and I make a, you know, I did a small research on Hebrew. The, the, the Hebrew definition for faith, it's iman, is to trust, to rely upon, is to believe in. But the Greek definition is pipsis, or pistis. And all it means is belief. It's to believe. To believe with a strong conviction. Firm belief is something for which there may or may not tangible proof. You may not have tangible proof of something, but you're believing in it regardless. And again, remind you, when we talk about believing, your action has to make sense with the level of breakthrough that you're hoping for. Because a lot of times, you know, I've come to realization why often we, there's a lot of doubt in us. is because if you pray two times, the first two times about something, the third time going through it, there's going to be a level of doubt. There's going to be a level of doubt. Because you've done it the first two times. But when we've come to realize, I've come to realization that there's a way to avoid rejection. There's a way to avoid disappointment, which eventually leads us to doubt, is by following instruction. Is by following instruction. I'm going off my, my message a little bit, but I've come to realize when the more I stay in connection in line with what the Father tells me to do, is the more less disappointment, when no disappointment I receive. Which all it does constantly is building my faith for even more. And that's how your faith bu- get built up. Because if somebody tells you no 10 times, of course. The next time, I may not even ask you. <laughs> I may not even ask you. But when I've come to realization, when I come to know that his ultimate plan, he wants to give me exactly what I'm looking for to begin with. But often, what he wants to give me is based on what he's telling me. The instruction he re- I receive. Because often we are good at asking, but we're not good at receiving instruction. So most of the time, we say that the Father, you know, we prayed or we're waiting for a breakthrough. But the last two times, 
we missed the last two instructions. So when we finally, okay, you know, we finally say, you know, I'm going to listen on instruction three. It's hard. You may not get results. You may not get results. There's a big chance you may not get results. Why? Because you miss instruction one and instruction two, and the father works in order. So if he gives you three, then you'll pretty much tell everybody, hey, you know what, you don't have to do one and two. Because you're going to have testimony down the road. Oh, sure, you can mix, skip one and two. I, that's how I did it. I got three and four and five. But when we receive instruction, when we take the instruction that the Father gave us, in them is the blessing. In them is our breakthrough. So we're going to go back a little bit. Hebrew 11, verse 3. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. We read that earlier. It's to just show how much we need faith. So if it is so important for us to need, then there has to be instruction on how to build it up. There has to be instructions on how to maintain it. Because the Father's not going to tell us to do something or he's gonna, not going to tell us that we require something and not give us the instructions on how to do it. What does that even mean? But everything, it's action. It starts with action. That's why I call the, uh, the message faith in action. Because when you choose, that's your act. You're acting. You make a choice to choose this life. When you say, you know what, I want to build my faith to that level, the mountain move faith, then I will also, with that choice comes every step, everything that is part of that choice. Does that make sense? If I choose to be a singer, then I have to choose to also eat properly because it falls in the same category. I have to choose to practice, to maintain my body. If I choose to be a businessman, I have to choose to love to read books, seminar. If I choose to be a pastor, I have to choose to pray. Because I have the choice. He says, he gave me the options to either choose life or death. So if I ultimately, if, if I didn't choose to be a pastor, honestly, he would be fine with me. I would lose, I would missed out on my destiny, on my purpose, the reason why I'm here, but that's the choice that I make. So if I choose to be a pastor, to be up here, then I'm obligated to study, to stay before him, to read the word, to be nice to people, <laughs> even when they're, <laughs> when they're not nice to me. <laughs> It's part of the choice that we make. So because we choose life, we also have to choose faith. And we have to put that faith in action. Because we're after what the Father has for us. Say, James. James 2, verse 14 and 17. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but no deed, no action, no work? Can such faith save them? 
And in Jump to 17, I skip some of the verses. A faith that does not do things is a dead faith. There's a other version that says, faith without work is dead. So when I choose life, I choose everything that comes in that process. I choose to be faithful. I choose to have faith, to build faith, to choose that life, to get that life. Amen? I choose it. And sometimes I know it's easier. It can be nice to just be out there. And one thing I want to say is often people think, people say that Christian life is boring or being a child of God is boring. I don't know what type of child you are, but (laughs) it is the most awesome decision you'll ever make in your life. It is the most free life you'll ever live. First of all, the enemy cannot break your neck. (laughs) You're free from sin. And you're covered. And that cover, whether you live righteousness or not, most of the time he still covers you because his love is unconditional. So I tell you to say that, but when you choose life and that choice also, everything you ever dreamed of is within it. That life that you're hoping for, you're believing for, the only way you can have it, you can receive it, is through him. And in fact, he wants to give it to you more than you even desire it. I'm a living testimony. Most of the time, there are things that the Father's trying to give me. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to move. He's like, Kirby, you're moving too slow. Okay, I'm trying to move. Why? Because that's what he, that's the father he is. There's no reason to give, to give his only son. There's no reason to do all of this. Simply for us to miss out. There's no reason to do all of this if he doesn't want us to have it. What kind of game is that? Or would that be? No. When he told us to choose life, he's giving it to us and he's also telling us to choose it. Isn't that beautiful? Because often like, you have people that try to give you things, you know, they really don't want to give it to you. They're like, you know, you, can, okay, you have <laughs> matrix, red pill or blue pill. Some of the people are like, you know what, I wish you had told me because I really do not want this. But the father's telling, he's actually, he's telling you, he's giving you option. And he's also advising you on what to take. Because he wants to give you. The Bible says that, you know, it is the goodness of the Father to give you his kingdom. And we're talking about the kingdom kingdom of God. Everything in it. Your life. Inheritance. Your purpose. Your destiny. Your dream. Your vision. Your finance. Your family. Love. Power. Authority. All of that is in the relationship. It's in the life that he's begging you to choose. To make up your mind today, what are you choosing? And if you choose such, take all the steps that comes with it. It's like going to college. If you go to college to be a doctor, 
if you're going to be in the class, you might as well do the homework. <laughs> if you sign up for the class, I would hope that you actually finished it. Because there's no other way. It comes with it. You say you want to be a doctor, that's, those are the steps to become a doctor. I don't know how many years, in like eight, ten, so many years. It's, but those are the steps. So why we need faith? How am I doing in time? We need faith based, okay, um, example on Hebrew 11 verse 6. This is why we need faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarded of them that diligently seek him. That's why we need faith. We need faith so that we can, he can reward us with the things that he already predestined for our life. And when we come before him, because... Next week, we're going to talk a bit more about growing your faith. Because most of the time, you have to come to a place. And if faith is a process. The Bible talks about giving us different measures of faith. And it's also a process of building your faith to a certain level. So you have to come to a place of the more you're growing your faith. And the word talks about faith come by hearing. The more you're spending time with him. Is the more... Your confident level grows. And when you go before him, you're expecting. Your level of receiving, you know without a shadow of a doubt that my father hears my prayer. When you go into your secret place, you know you're not alone there. He is there. Why? Because you have built up your faith to a measure of knowing that, A, that's my father. I have a relationship with this man. And he wants the best for my life. And the second part is um, to have faith requires knowledge of the word. You cannot, it is impossible to have faith, to build your faith Without the knowledge of the word, we have to know what the word is saying. It's like somebody sent me a letter or whatever, like a letter. And they told me, hey, um, did you read the letter? Or, and that letter has every details that I need for whatever they're trying to release me. Or a better yet example is, say that apostle is going to uh, Nigeria and he left me a million dollars somewhere. I'm not going to look at him. He leaves me a million dollars somewhere. <laughs> Proceed. But with that million dollars, there's instruction. He says, take half. Give 10% to Ola. Give 10% to uh, Manushka. Give 10%... Your name escaped me. I'm so sorry. Serena. And give 10% to Troy. Hey, Troy. <laughs> but because I did not read the letter, I just take the whole money and put it in my pocket. 
Or better yet, I may not even know there's money in there because I never opened it. So not only I missed out on half, but everybody behind me, that their destiny or everything that everybody behind me that they've been, that's been praying for that money, that's been expecting, they all missed out on their money because I didn't do my part. First of all, I didn't even open it. Because the whole concept, but one thing we have to remember is one would say, well, why would I open it to begin with? If you understand the whole concept of a letter, if somebody gives you a letter to begin with, it's because they want you to open it. Why would I give you a letter just to, what, uh, put it in, in, on your wall? <laughs> I wouldn't give you a letter to begin with. So, and also, if we even go deeper, whenever we receive a letter, that, that means there's a message in there. If there's a letter, if there's an envelope, there must be a message. Whatever that message may be will be determined up to the person that sent it or gave it to you. But regardless, there is a message in there. There is some information in there that needs to be taken in consideration. And because I didn't do my part, not only I missed out, but then others missed out. So in order, if we, are, if we have to take our faith, in order to take our life, I'm sorry, in order to take our life, to have our life, It requires knowledge of the word. Read the letter. Read the letter that was given out to you. Because in it, there's every information that you need. Not only for yourself, but for for a generation to come, for others. That's what it says. Choose life. And that life, not just for you, but for a generation to come. When we read the words, the Bible says that the word is life. The words give life. The word gives life. Your life, the life you're seeking after is in the word. You say you don't have money? Well, I left you a letter. And in that letter, there's enough money for you, for yourself, well, for yourself and others, and for others, others. <laughs> because when she get her ten. She's going to pass it out to her family. Her kid's going to receive. So when we do what we're supposed to do, there's a generational blessing that takes place. But when we don't, people are struggling because we didn't do our part. John 15 verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So most of the things that we are praying, hoping for, you know why? They haven't take place. Because the word is not abide in that area in your life. There still needs some work. There's still, there's still some work that needs to take place in that particular area. If you need to have faith, you're going to have to, if you need to have finance, if, you need, if you're believing in the Father for whatever it may be, you need to do your job 
You need to choose, because you choose that life, you need to do the work that accommodate that life. Like I said earlier, because the father called me to be a pastor. <laughs> because I choose. And when I choose, I have to do the work. Because I had options. I had options. We all have options. The other option probably wouldn't be best. Not that there wouldn't be. It would, the other option would not have been the best option. Because that would be death. To live a life without purpose is death. But when I choose this life, I choose my calling, then everything, you know one thing I had to um, realize is early on in my life when I started out doing music and other things and I had a great passion for music. I still love music very much so. And I did not know how to disconnect. How, I did not know how to, it didn't even make sense in my mind. Like, how do I just disconnect, put to the side? Like, what if this other thing he's telling me to do doesn't even work? What if? Like, so many what if. And it can be hard. Because when you're familiar with something, when you're comfortable in an area, you can, like, you know, what if this doesn't work? The father is telling me to start a business. What if the business fell? He's telling me to leave my full-time job to start a whole new business. I don't even know how that looks like. What if it doesn't work? But then also, you have family. You have people that are waiting on you. You have people that depends on you. And now you're talking about taking a faith move? But the beautiful thing about this is the Bible says that not one person, if you live your life, if you lose your life, you will not only get what you, at first, what you desire, but he will all, it will, you will also receive everything else. When you put your desire, your own process, your own thought, whatever you're after, when you put it to the side for his name's sake, you will get your life and everything else. Things that you didn't even fathom. You didn't even see that in your dream when you were dreaming. You didn't even plan that. You didn't have that part of your plan. He's going to add it. He's going to give it to you. Because remember, with Christ comes everything else. In him is eternal life. In eternal life, we don't even know what that looks like. Everything. And again, Romans 10, verse 17. Faith come by hearing. Hearing through the word of Christ or the, hearing the, through the word of God. You have to build your faith for what the Father's calling you to do. In order to get your life, you have to build up in the area where you are moving into. If you believing in the Father... For a better life. Then build your faith in what better life looks like. Your finance, education, knowledge. 
Study everything. Study everything, every scripture, until the scripture become life in you. So that when you speak that, the level of measure of faith that you have in that area is so strong that it has to move. That's what the Bible talks about when it talks about moving mountain faith. Mustard seed faith. It starts little, and then eventually as you're growing, it has no option but to move. So as you're growing your faith in that area, the first time it may not work. You probably pray the first time in regard to that situation, and it still haven't yet, the mountain is still standing. That simply means the Father's calling you into a deeper. He's calling you into deeper. Spend more time in that area. Because not only once you develop the level of faith you need in that area, it will not only be for yourself, but for others. You will teach people because the only way we can teach others is by becoming a master in that area. A couple of other verses in regards to building your faith by knowledge. We had a perfect example by Joshua. Joshua 1 verse 8. It says, this book of law, this book of the law must not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. He's giving us instructions on how to do it. Word time. The, your word time equals the quality and amount of faith you have. If you're looking for a, from a scale of 1 to 10, if you're looking for a 10 level of faith, then your word time is going to have to be that same level. Your study time is going to have to be at that same level. And I wish there was another way because I've tried. (laughs) I've tried, but I come to realize the only way to get to have that level of confidence. And again, everybody works, operates differently. But I believe it's this one area that you cannot skip the process. The only way, like for me to, again, when I'm taking a test, if I didn't study, I promise you, I, the fell beat me before I even start the test. <laughs> but once I study, when I do my part, I walked in that test, I work in that room with a level of confidence. My mind, my soul, and everything comes in agreement with what I'm doing. What do you believe in? Because one thing about that is that the Father, whatever he says about you, he will not take it away. If he already promised you greatness, that greatness will come to pass. He wanted to come to pass. And in fact, in Isaiah 55 verse 11, it says, So it is my word that goes out from my mouth, and it will not return to me empty. But will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. 
So whatever he says about you, he's not going to take it back. That word is constantly moving, chasing after you for you to get in line, for you to, to get in line. Chasing after you. And that word's continuously moving. So we're not chasing after something the Father doesn't want to give us. The lesson in this is that when you put everything to the side, you are actually, for the first time in your life, is really after your life. Your true life. Because everything else you were after was not his plan. Unless he told you to do it. But it's only when you're doing it through his way. Or even if you are doing it, it's his plan, but you're not doing it according to how he tells you to do. It's impossible to achieve it. So he says, he's telling you, hey, you know what? Whatever you're after, I promise you, you will get it. Because I've already made the oath to myself for you to receive it. So you're not chasing after possibilities. You're chasing after guarantee. It is guarantee. But the only way for you to do it is by doing it his way. Build yourself up. Build yourself up. What is the father telling you to do? What was the last instruction he gave you? How did he tell you to do it? Did you do it according to how he told you, the step process? But then you, you miss so many steps, and then when you finally get in line, and it's not working, and now you get frustrated. You're losing hope. You're losing faith. You're losing confidence. And the father cannot do things out of order. So you have to go back again. So what you should choose, when you choose life, choose to do it his way. Do not skip process. Do not skip any steps. Do it his way because the blessing is in his way. And the last two, I don't know how much my time is. Um, y'all got to let me know because I can talk. You know. But... Uh, how to oh, awesome. How to build your faith. Since he's asking us to have so much faith, then he's gonna have to give us instructions on how to build it. On Jude and Jude one verse twenty. But you, dear friend, by building yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Next week, we're going to cover a bit more, but I want to kind of touch base also in some more details, instruction. Earlier, when we talked about faith without work is dead. So one of the ways the Father's given you to build up your faith is by the most, in the most holy, holy, holy place, I'm sorry, holy faith is by literally continuously praying in the Spirit. Spending time in the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit knows what our heart, He knows the hearts of the Father. So when we're praying in the Spirit, we're literally hijacking heaven. 
Things are moving in the spirit. We don't even know things. The Bible says that we wouldn't even know what to pray for. We wouldn't even know what to pray for. Because when we start praying, we pray, you know, we need some money. You know, just things that are often irrelevant. We are, my wife one time says, sometimes we can actually undo some of the things you, we, we pray for. Because when we're praying, the Father, when we pray in the spirit, the spirit knows what to pray for. And then when we stop praying, we're like, Father, we... Now we're praying in understanding. We're praying sometimes, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily undoing things. But we're saying things that we already said. And it's like, you know what, bro, you already said this about ten times already. Because your spirit knows what to pray for. So there's a possibility sometimes we can undo things when we pray according to what we think we need. So the father says, you know what, pray in your most holy faith. And the second thing it says, through action. Because you can pray all day, but if you're not acting up on it, then your, pray, your prayer is just going to be standing still until you put some work into it. Because the Father will not give blessings to lazy children. You're praying for your life. Remind you again, we said everything that you're praying for, when you choose life, or when you choose whatever that you choose, when you choose life, and you say, Father, you know, I'm praying for more finance. When you choose to say, you know, I'm going to grow my faith in finance, then you have to get all the instructions on how to be a better finance person. How to grow my finance. So all the instructions such as study more books, read more, management, all those things, money management, getting an accountant, all those things are part of the instruction of building your faith on that area. So when you don't do it, you really did not choose what you say you choose. Because when you choose, the instructions also come is part of the choosing of the action. Does it make sense? When you choose, all the action that comes behind it is part of the choosing. It's part of that choice that you made. So you choose life, so you say, Father, you know, I'm going to believe you regardless. You choose faith, you say, Father, I'm going to stand on faith. Even when things don't make sense, I'm believing in you because you say, Because you said that it will take place, so I'm believing you that it will take place. When you say that, Father, you know what? You're believing for a new husband, a new wife. You're believing for a new car. And that act of faith, you have to stand behind it. You can't be lukewarm. You have to choose where you're going to stand. If you choose faith, then no matter what happened, then you have to stand behind that decision you make. Because the Bible talks about double-minded men. You can't make a decision and then can't support the decision that you make. So you have to stand behind your decision. You build your faith through prayer, through obedience. Because every time you obey, then it comes through, then your faith builds up better. If the father says to, hey, you know what? Go to that red door. You go through it. You see what he said to do. 
you, you, you see the result of it, then next time it gives you more confidence to go to the next door. But if you don't go to that red door, and then next time he's telling you to go to a blue door, it won't happen because, well, you're going to have doubt because you never went to that first door to begin, to begin with. So you have no experience with him. So you have your obedience, your actions are part of your faith. Your prayer time. When you spend more time in prayer, you know the Father, you know his voice. So when he talks, then you know that's him. Because a lot of time we don't make action because we're not sure whether it's him. So that means you need to build more faith in your prayer time. Not, you have to believe that prayer works. That's I'm talking to my father. So if I don't talk to him, next time when he tells me to do something, I'm not sure whether it's him or not. You should be sure, but you're not sure because you don't have enough time with him. There's a lack of personal relationship. The Bible talks about he should, my sheep know my voice. It doesn't matter where a person is when the uh, a sheep is, when the master call them, the owner call them, they know they can identify that voice. So you find yourself in a situation where you're not sure about, you need to spend more time with the father because you're, not, you're still not fully sure of his voice. And last but not least, test your faith. The Bible says testing your faith because you know the testing of your faith produce perseverance. If you don't test your faith, how will you know what you can handle? If every little bit of thing you went through in life, you're like, oh, Father, this is too much for me. I can't handle it. This is not for me. I didn't sign up for this. Then how can he take you to the next level? Because one thing I've come to realize is we only, we built ourselves for more trouble, for more obstacles. We don't build ourselves just to build it up. It's like going to the gym just to, no, when you go to the gym, you're going to the gym because you're looking for an ultimate result, to stay healthy, for your body to be in shape, for your health to be in shape. And it's not a one-time thing, it's a constant thing. When you go through obstacles, you go through obstacle one, and then next time you go to two. And the more you can face life is the more your faith grows. There is no way you can build to maximum faith, to Christ-like faith, to we are faith, if you never go through anything. It doesn't make sense. How do you build your faith? How do you test that you are, how do you test your love if nobody ever slapped you? And still have to love them. How do you test that you have love if people are gossiping about you and you still have to love them? How do you test that? Because other than that, you just have love without testing. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. You know, I love everybody until somebody cuts you out. Then that's a whole different case. Let me see how that love looks like. Because if it remains, then that's true love. Amen? Then that's true love. The Bible says that Abraham, when he, he was called to, to a place where he later received as his inheritance, he obeyed and went in, 
Though he did not know where he was going, he still stepped. He stepped into it. Because the father was testing his faith. Stepping into a place where he doesn't even know where he's going. Leaving his family behind. In a whole new city, a whole new state, a whole new career. You have no plan. You have no idea what's that, what that's going to look like. But he's telling you, leave everything that you're familiar with, you're kind of comfortable with, and step into the unknown. He's testing your faith. He's testing to that to, for you to know whether or not you're going to trust in yourself or trust in me. When the word says to trust in the Lord with all your heart, do not lean on your own understanding. It sounds good when you're saying it. <laughs> it's very pretty. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. <laughs> in all your ways, acknowledge him. That's beautiful. That's poetic. But when you have to do it, it sounds totally different. <laughs> because most of the time, you don't even remember about that verse. <laughs> you don't remember in all your ways to acknowledge him. So I say that to say, trust in the Father. The Father tests your faith because he's calling you into greater things. He's calling you into a higher place. So I want you, in order... When the Father's telling you to do things, he's telling you to do it because he's calling you into a greater place. He's testing your faith because he has greater things for you. He wants you to step into a higher place. And you can't do it by doing things the same way. You cannot do it by doing things the same way. So you have to step into a higher place. And last but not least, it says, by faith, he made his home in the promised land like the stranger, like a stranger in the foreign country. He lived in tents. He did as, as, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him in the same promise. Because he stepped outside of his comfort zone. Because he stepped in faith, he received his inheritance. The fullness of, of his inheritance. So whatever you are expecting, you can't get it by living a comfortable life. This is not a comfortable walk. It is a beautiful walk, but it's not a comfortable walk. In order for you to receive the fullness, when the father said choose life, Everything comes with that. There's not, choose life, there's a process to receive that life. Those 10 hours of prayers, you're going to have to do them. Those fasting moments, fasting is not easy, but you're going to have to do it. Praying in the spirit, you don't even know what you're saying. You're going to have to do it. Because you bring in your destiny, and that's all of that is an action of faith. Father, I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm believing that as I'm saying that, doors are opening. Amen? <laughs> but also, because we know what the word says, then we know we're not ignorant of what we're saying. That's why it's important. We can't do one without the other. Because the more you do it, 
as you're doing it, when you spend time in the Word, when you do it, it will make sense. You will know that, okay, you know what, I'm following the steps. When He gives you a Word, because you spent enough time with Him, when He tells you to move, okay, that's your voice, Father. When a door opened, then you'll know, oh, that's, your, that's the door. He opened that door because I've been in prayer. I've been in the word. He told me. He promised me. He said it was going to happen. And I've been diligent. I've been faithful. I've been waiting. So when things happen, when blessing come in your life, it's not by surprise because you've been doing the work. You've been expecting. And because Abraham... He stepped out in faith. He tested his faith. He was able to receive their inheritance. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we, Father, we thank you for your promise. Father, we thank you for your inheritance. And yes, Father, today we've come to know, Father God, that there's a whole life before us. Father, when you choose, when you told us to choose life, it's not an empty life, Father, but it's full of blessing and inheritance. It's full of everything that we need, hallelujah. So when we make that choice, when we make that decision, Father, we're not stepping into thin air. Yes, there's sacrifice. Yes, Father God, there's work to do, hallelujah. But that at the end of it, Father God, we will receive, Father God, our inheritance. Eternal life, Father God. Hallelujah. Everything, Father God, we are aiming after, we're searching after, we're praying for, Father God. It comes with that choice. It comes with the decision that we make. When we step, Father God, when we say we choose you, Father, with you come everything that we need. With you, Father God, Come eternal life. With you, Father, comes abundant blessing, Father. Running over more than we can handle, Father. Father, we thank you, Father God, that today your children have made the decision, Father, to choose life, to choose, Father God, your blessing, to choose, Father God, the life, Father, that you predestined for us before the beginning of time. It is not a life, Father God. We didn't create it. We did not create it, Father. It simply comes, Father God, with the relationship that we're in. Because we choose you, Father God, we also choose life. And, Father God, we are grateful, Father. We thank you, Father God. That in you, Father, is everything that we need. And our life is hidden in Christ and we are seated in heavenly places.